0: Well, the Bank of England has gone for 50 basis points, so has Norge Bank. So are they in panic stations? Could the Bank of England raise rates by another full 1% before it's all over, or is that a bit extreme? Did Jerome Powell have anything else to add when he spoke to the Senate Banking Committee and Japan? How much higher will inflation push there, and what are they going to do about it? It's Friday, the 23rd of June, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, rising interest rates have sent money away from the pound, not towards it in the UK, with sterling down a quarter percent this morning. It's the same story for the euro. The US dollar has climbed 0.3%, but the Aussie down, down 0.6% today to around 67.5 US cents. And the UK 10-year bond yields actually down four basis points to 4.36%, despite the uh, the rise from the Bank of England, but two years up three basis points to 5.07%, a steady rise there since late April, basically. European 10 years, though, are up quite a bit. Six basis points there added to 10-year bunds up to 2.49%. Aussie 10 years down one basis point yesterday to 3.97%, but back up to 4% on futures overnight. And 10-year treasuries in the US up seven basis points, up to 3.79%, up more for two years this morning. And the share market, well, the NASDAQ has bounced back. It's at 1%. The S&P is up a quarter percent, but the Dow has been stuck in the red for most of the session, and it's stayed there all albeit only just at the end of the session. Big moves down in Europe with the FTSE 100 uh, losing 0.8%. The CAC current down about the same. The Euro stocks 50 losing 0.4%. And big falls in oil, 4% off Brent down to $74, 4.4% off WTI uh, down well below $70 now. So the big news is the big moves, not just the Bank of England, but the Nords Bank as well, both moving 50 basis points, more than expected. Uh, so to talk about that, Gavin Trend joins me in London. So this takes the Rate in the UK up to five percent, Gavin. The interesting thing is there were two dissenters on the board, uh, not ones who wanted to lift by twenty-five basis points. The two actually didn't want to lift rates at all. Morning, Phil. Um,
1: yeah, that's correct. Um, so remember, um, we went into this with markets actually not really pricing, uh, you know, much chance of fifty basis points. About 30 35 uh, percent priced. Uh, no economists in a Bloomberg poll. Had uh, fifty basis points. To be fair, I think the uh, the mix of higher average earnings, UK average earnings data last week, you know, which showed us um, average earnings at seven and a half percent up from six six and a half, where we've been running really roughly, I suppose, for the last few months. The stubborn eight point seven percent annual inflation that we saw earlier for the UK earlier this week uh, would have, you know, seen few strategists or economists. Um, really pushing back on a 50, you know. Um, I think one issue, uh, you know, when we think about this, this surprise move, is, is 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 what happens to the mortgage market. All eyes are on that. There's been a lot of local press on that. It's been very volatile of late. And I think, you know, with a few hundred thousand um, households needing to refinance their predominantly sort of two and five year fixed rates, home loans, um every every uh, every every few months. Something like four and a half million will do so of the eight million mortgages that we have in the UK by the end of next year. Um you know the issue is is um can they afford it is the issue. Well it, it is, but it's all but it's also one of potential financial stability. If we saw like we did back in the Liz Trust blow up, you know, suddenly lots of these potential lenders uh, pulling back from the market, looking for stability, can't price those kinds of things. I'm not saying that's what, what that's what we are seeing. It's something to watch out for, um, you know, denying people choice. I mean, that would be a not 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 be a good move, and it would something that would sort of you know certainly capture attention at the Bank of England from a from a stability point of view. For the moment, though, you know, it's all about what does the 50 basis points signal. You know, is it uh, a more hawkish path, uh, or is it just bringing you know rates forward? Um, yeah so
0: how much how much more is the question
1: well we 've had four hundred and ninety basis points now uh, in this cycle, um, and at some point rate levels will matter okay and you 're going to see lots of plenty of warnings of this in terms of uh, the recessionary implications and unaffordability of mortgages and that, but for now, the Bank of England you know clearly couldn 't sit by and watch wages rising seven and a half eight percent and do nothing. This is the big This is the big central bank fear out there that it takes so long to get inflation down that um, higher prices become embedded the uk has been living with you know s- sort of above nine percent annual inflation now for over a year most of that above ten percent it is the poster child for you know what happens when second round effects become uh, hmm. become embedded is that because they just took too long at it so second round effects had a chance more of a chance to kick in is that what's happening? well no uh, that's Slightly unfair because we all know the Bank of England started before many of its peers back in uh, December 2020, but it's been doing it in baby steps for the most point, and yeah. so other central banks have overtaken it.
0: Um, or is it? Or is it the fact that the you know the disconnect between supply and demand is so much greater there because there are more supply constraints in the UK? E-
1: exactly because exactly of Brexit, right.
0: and that's the. That's the that's the that's the point
1: that the UK has these unique chal- unique challenges in terms of one and a half million missing workers. Uh, there's nothing the Bank of England can do about that, and uh, while it hoped to to, to bring things down, um, it's going to have to. It can't. It clearly is losing the battle on the supply side. And therefore, as we talked about in our preview, you know, Bank of England moving into the realms of hiking until something breaks. And this is where we're going. You know, the questions now I suspect we're going to be reading is Bank Bank, you know, will have to bring back its uh, recession forecasts when it runs new numbers in August. You know, hopefully it won't be. The sort of eight quarters uh, peak to trough of a decline of around, you know, four or five percent. We are starting from a lower base level. We're already flatlining anyway, but we're in that area of discovery. We don't know how deep the recession will be. We don't know what's going to fall off from this point. So, you know, it's going to be. it's going to be an interesting path forward. Now, on the other side, you might say, you know, 50 basis points. Um, if you look at the language, they've kept that conditionality in there, which says if they're going to hike again, they need evidence of persistence uh, of, of of this kind of above-target inflation. Well, that will come quite easily with wages because you're not going to get any relief on that for the next two or three months. It just isn't going to happen. Um, but we are going to get some base effects right. coming in, the big drop off in the new energy, lower energy price tariffs of which... Right, you know, but that's not going to impact really the core got. number, and the core number no, is the one that's the big concern. W- it won't, but as, as, if you get if you get to a headline of 6% or so by September, and you start inching down, mm. it will have some effect. But you're right, that core number, at some point, the bank's going to have to say, because the earnings numbers are lagging, it's going to have to look at some of the more forward stuff. It can't keep looking at the lagging numbers, the core numbers. At some point, if headline inflation is coming down towards the end of the year, it's it it might be a little bit more sort of relaxed about this.
0: But has the government um, got to do something as well? Because I mean, it's it can't all just be the Bank of England saying, "Hey, look, we're going to well, we're well, going I'm to try and contain." De- that's the battle of central banks
1: around the world. Yeah, they've it all is. Got, they've all got the same lonely issue, and um, you know. So you would have uh, thought
0: they're saying, "Well, we're cutting supply, we're cutting demand. We're doing our best to try and cut demand." We need help with upping supply. You know, if there's constraints in getting stuff into the UK, then we need to Every- do something about that. If we if we need more people to get into the workplace, we need the government to do something about that. But it's just not happening, is it? Well, I mean, in
1: the UK, in the UK, the government will say that it is trying to do targeted. Um, Childcare uh, assistance. Uh, migra- yeah. net migration to try and help certain sectors and bits and pieces. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it's. And that's so why the it, expectation uh, is
0: they're going to stay, they're going to go higher and they're going to stay higher for longer for precisely that reason. No one's actually. Well, sure. certainly
1: stay higher for longer. Mm. Whether they go, you know, I mean, another 25 in uh, in August looks, you know, looks pretty much nailed on, doesn't yeah. it? But then at that point, you're at five and a quarter. And you might say, with a new set of forecasts, okay, levels matter. Let's assess and see what goes on in September. Because by September, headline inflation might be coming right. down a little bit. So
0: the Norwegian Bank and the Swiss Bank, uh, they're up as well. Norge Bank also by uh, 50 basis points and expected more as well. So again, because inflation is is coming in higher than expected uh, and they want to nip it in the bud. Uh, but they're not expecting that they've finished just yet.
1: No, that's right. And... Uh, you know, It's the gift that keeps giving, isn't it? So this is the 11th hike, um, and um, in part they decided to go this because they suddenly see inflation markedly above target. Wages, again, an issue here. So it's raised its view, the norages of, of hikes down the pathway. Uh, now it sees a peak of around four and a quarter versus three and a half previously. The next move is likely to come in August, so it says. The SMB is in a slightly... Um, more, uh, you know, happier place. Um, inflation we know in Switzerland is a lot lower. You know, the forecast for 2023 is 2.2% and part of the, sort of the undershoot there is is lower energy prices, gas, oil um, helped by the, you know, the strong Swiss franc. Um, but if you look at its forecast horizon out over the next sort of three years to 2026, it's still got above 2% then. So, you know, as Thomas Jordan, the, the the chairman, was saying that that likely means of a further hike, but it won't want to go too far. Um, it'll next meet in September and he meets every quarter. It won't want to out hike um, the ECB certainly it isn't in scale, but, you know, it, it won't want to be. Continuing to hike if the ECB is finished, perhaps in July. We don't know that. That's a, that's an open question. And markets
0: are clearly concerned, aren't they? We can talk about what Jerome Powell's saying uh, to the Senate Banking Committee in just a second. But just generally, there is obviously concern that there is much more to do. There is going to be a slowdown. So if we look at the oil price overnight, you would have thought because the EIA figures showed that crude uh, oil stocks actually fell by three point eight million barrels. They're expected to pick up a little bit, but there has been this big drawdown. Uh, so if the but the prices went the other way, actually we had big falls. You Expect that would that would mean prices well, would go up again, but a uh, big fall in price which presumably means there's concerns about a downturn. Of
1: course, of course, when you get a move up in yields like this, I mean, we talked about, you know, US yields now in the in the you know the short end. This is where all the action is. Uh, At yeah. 4.78, up seven or so on the day. They're, they're, they're getting they're getting close to that um, 5.07 peak that we saw in March before SVP. German two-year yields up nine on the day, again just ten basis points below the March highs. UK not so much because the market is a little bit disappointing uh, on the day in terms of you know they're thinking about a recession and that kind of. That's why ten-year yields really have come lower. Australian three-year yields. You know, we're just a couple of basis points off those 2014 highs, um, and so, and so, you know, you've got mm. this dynamic, um, and and you can see this in the curves. If you look at two to ten year curves across all of those countries, um, they're going deeper into rever- into inversion. You know, the US, the UK, Germany, they're all moving that way. Um, you know, suggesting that markets are as we push up yields, and we go down this road even further. The the, the threat of, of of a deeper downturn. Um, you know rises and this won't happen every day it's not it's not you know high frequency stuff
0: but overall you're going to get these tugs down uh, in, in oil prices and things on demand destruction and we're seeing inequities as well, which is very mixed, isn't it? It's the safe bets doing well. So Apple's up 1.4%, Microsoft up one6 Google up one6 Amazon up 39 But it's energy, financials and real estate taking the hit, again, presumably because of those downturn concerns. But what about Jerome Powell? And he, he was talking to the Senate Banking Committee overnight. I mean, he reiterated that two more hikes were a pretty good guess, which is what he was saying the day before. But he also said at a slower pace, so they didn't want to go into recession. So, I mean, maybe it's a done deal for the UK that they are going to go into recession at some point. It's already happened in Europe to a, you know, to a slight extent. But maybe if they move slowly, maybe Jerome Powell thinks they can get away with it. Well, he's still looking at that potential soft landing. The, the, you know,
1: the strip, the, the landing strip is getting narrower. Uh, particularly if you, you know, if you think as the, as, as the FOMC seem to do, the majority at least, of they need to go another two times. But again, it, it'll be in the data. They have paused. market's still scratching its head about why pause if you think, if you're that convinced you've got to do two more. It'll be, it'll be answered in the data. And what do we get today? We got a third consecutive week of jobless claims above 260,000. You know, again, it's starting to suggest that that, from that measure, things are cracking it's going to take a bit of time
0: but um it's watch and wait you know what they were around that level before the pandemic though i wonder whether we get too carried away with that i mean it's you know that 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 would not be an unusual number in 2019 no
1: no it it wasn't but i mean in the recent history you know we, Mm. we spent a few months around to 200 to 210 we had the the revisions that came through february march which kicked us up to two thirty, two forty, and then as i say the last three weeks we've moved up to a sort of a 260 plane and it, mm. you know it's 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 the direction of travel isn't it really
0: so look, uh, a big day for data today. Uh, you know, maybe a chance to examine that U.S.-European divide again because this is the day—not not for inflation, but for signs of a slowdown. Because we get the PMIs mm. for Germany, France, the Euro area, the UK, and the U.S. We also get UK retail sales, which were down three percent year on year in April. Not enough down for the BoE, though. Uh, but yeah, those PMI numbers. Pretty important this time around?
1: Yeah, I think particularly for Europe I and mean for the US, they, you know, the market prefers the ISM set, yeah. uh, you know, understandably. Um, they'll be watched, but it's it's the European one. So we've, we know that manufacturing is in, is in is in recession in the mid-40s. You know, it's been offset, more than offset by the services sector, which had looked all the way up to 55%, 56 But the last couple of months, it's been pulling back, you know, commensurate with what the ECB has been saying about that forceful pass-through of monetary policy tightening which is you know which is really you know playing out as you would in a more traditional sense that we in a way that we're not seeing in the u.s um, and so if we were to get something below, you know, getting closer to 50, the suggesting that service sector activity is being pulled towards the break even um, and non-expansion, that that would be a worry. I mean, if you look at, you know, for things like foreign exchange markets, you know, we we, we have a view that the dollar comes lower as the economy, the U.S. economy, which is further down the cycle. Uh, reacts to this monetary monetary tightening. The others will be coming in behind that. As long as the dollar, you know, the dollar falls as long as those other areas like Europe, like China, don't fall apart. They're not Mm. great. There's lots of focus. People are willing China on with more you know, uh, stimulus—it's not happening. But there's, you know, hope springs eternal. And on Europe, we know it's flatlining. We just don't want it to get any worse. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you start pushing the PMIs down towards fifty, you've got another turn on the dial, and then people start to worry about that. And that's where risk risk-off comes. And actually, you know, it, the dollar wins out really because of because of risk-off, not because it's great or outperforming, but because it all looks pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So it's and, you know. I'm-
0: Oh, no, obviously not good for the Aussie dollar when that happens, because you know what it does to that, Indeed. too. Uh, the wild card, uh Japanese inflation today, I mean, it was 3.5%. There's expectations that it's going to top 4%. Of course, it was 4.3% in January, but then it stalled, and uh, it is clearly creeping back up again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what can we take out from that today? I mean, is this the number that's going to make the, BOG, the BOJ turn?
1: Well, you know, we've all been looking at this and saying it needs to while. do something. We need a yeah. tweak on the YCC, but the... You know the way the the, the way to run central bank is basically saying, well, this is fine, but actually, as we look further down the year, we we think this is going to fade a bit. You know, we're not convinced it's sustainable, and so um, I don't think I'm not sure one month is going to make one month's data is going to is going to change that view uh, for for the for for the BOJ governor, Um, but certainly to the extent that it's higher again, it will prick up the market's ears, and um, uh, it's another piece of the puzzle for him to say well okay you know this we're, we're, we're getting there you know so um you know it's it's the markets Great. losing the market's losing the battle i think at the moment on whether
0: the blj is going to move but typically of course when they change it will be a surprise <laughs> well we look forward to that uh, we had a surprise today so we're ready for more uh good to talk gavin uh thanks for your time catch you again next time yes, Phil. And There we are. That's the morning call for this Friday morning. That's another week, another week of your life gone. Uh, but hopefully we'll be back for another one. And I'll be here on Monday morning for another one too. I'm Phil Dobby for now. I'll see you then. Have a great weekend when you get to it.